about the messy thing? Anything else on Except the messy front, Chris, before we move on? No, I'm done. I'm done. I'm falling out. I told you, I never want to bring this guy's name up again. I don't know, man. This messy thing is just a freaking mess. What a disaster. I don't want to hear this name ever again until it's official. But they got me back. No question about it. I am ready to get hurt again. Chris, the Herons are back. Welcome, everybody, to episode number 78 of the Batter Fans Podcast. Battered hair on pocket. What do I say? Like, I am you saying so... batter fans. Hey, yeah, it's a man. batter oh, fans it's... podcast too. So yeah, it you're is, not wrong. It is. But the last two days has been just a whirlwind. I'm not accustomed to doing so many battered hair on episodes in a week. But I mean, yes. things just keep happening. There's so much to talk about. So we just keep bringing them out. And today we got some uh, interesting news, didn't we, Chris? Yeah. No, it's uh, br- it's news that's been sort of in the pipeline, and then now it's just getting more and more solidified. So it's, it's I'm ready heating to rock up. and roll. For sure. And we knew somebody that we're probably, what would you say is probably the most, I don't want to say the most respected, because I don't want to disrespect anybody else. But one of the most respected reporters in Inter-Miami, one of the OGs, we know that there's going to be a lot of new people in that media room, but we're, we, we appreciate and we love the OGs. So without further ado, we'd like to bring on Alex Windley, one of our favorites. <laughs> Hi guys, hello, hello. How, how's it going, Alex? How's uh how's the media room been? Uh, busy and packed. So um, yeah, that that's it's just been really wild past two weeks, but it's been super cool to witness. I'm sure, I'm sure, and I'm sure that, that does um, have to be an experience for sure. Yeah, it's, it's sure. just yeah, just been crazy, honestly. <laughs> How cool has it but been to good. be able to just kind of just sit there and watch Messi train? Yeah, like the training was. Uh, I mean, we didn't get to see much, but it's 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 crazy what uh, one and two two players really with Busquets as well. It's crazy what two players can do to a team. You know, they were uh, just floundering in the Eastern Conference uh, basement, and now it, and now it, they have a, a new step to them, and they feel more confident, and and everybody is just you know uh, you know. Uh, just hyped to have these uh, caliber players on on the field now, and it and it shows in their training. So it's yeah, I just have no words. It's it's messy and Busquets. It just still feels super surreal, but and it's been super cool to see. The best part is that it's messy and Busquets with four others on the way. Mm. So let's get into the four others. Now we already knew Jordi Alba. He should be here this weekend. His paperwork's getting kind of sorted out, and he'll probably start training next week. I doubt he plays on Wednesday. Maybe he does. Maybe you know better than I do, but I doubt he plays Wednesday. Mm-hmm. And But for sure, he should be on if we advance after that. Do you know if he'll be available on Wednesday? Uh, I think that's a little too soon. I think he'll get so do a couple, I. Okay. Yeah, a little, yeah. Uh, like, a couple of training sessions, and then maybe, um, you know, if Miami make it past um, whoever they play on Wednesday, I think, you know, he'll definitely be uh, starting after that. Yeah, that would. Oh my gosh! Wow, that would. Uh, the storylines for that would be. I know. Oh yeah. I know. <laughs> I have my fingers. I've never really rooted for Orlando to win a game, but I'm I'm rooting for you, Orlando, on Saturday. I'm rooting for you. <laughs> uh, uh, so we have our our veteran three D. Uh, not three DPs. Let me make sure I clarify that. Messi Busquets the three DPs and Jordi Alba our, our tan player, but our three veteran signings, and then we have three young guys coming through. We knew Facundo Farias, right? basically official. Mm-hmm. Diego Gomez is already here. And yeah. then today is when we finally started hearing about Thomas Aviles again. Now, we had heard about him a few weeks ago, and it felt like the wheels kind of fell off on the deal. We weren't sure what was happening. But I guess after the Ian Frey injury, 
things needed to pick up again because we are now needing some depth at, at this uh, center back. So what is it that you've been hearing about Thomas Abbas? Yeah, so extraordinarily close to being done, really. You know, there's been a couple of reports from South America, uh, from Argentina, basically saying that Miami and Rossing have uh, come to an agreement with, uh, you know, a transfer fee, $7 million plus, you know, a $2 million, two million excuse me, in add-ons, which is a nice chunk of, a chunk of change, excuse me, but Avilas is a really promising uh, center back in a position of need for Miami, like you said, after Ian Frey went down, you know, reinforcing the defense, um, to complement that really potent attack now we've seen the, the past two games uh, is, is, is you know, uh, imperative for, for Miami if they want to climb out the, the, the Eastern Conference basement and then I'll hopefully, you know, go deeper into the Leafs Cup and, and maybe the U.S. Open Cup final. So, um, yeah, uh, Aviles is pretty close and, and I think he'll be a, a phenomenal signing. I think one of the bigger deals that nobody's really talking about is the fact that Atletico Madrid was after Thomas Aviles also. Mm. And Inter Miami got this kid while they're bidding against one of the top teams in Europe, Atletico Madrid, the big third biggest team in La Liga. That's that's no joke. Like if well, we're that... competing and getting players when other teams like those are also going after the same players, that, that's nothing to kind of just just balk at. That that's a, a legit signing. Well, and that's got to show you that the pull that that you have by having Messi on the team gives you in the discussion rooms with a lot of these players, right? You know, you might have players that are willing to take a little bit less just to be able to have the opportunity to play with such a great player like Messi and, and of course, Busquets and others. But, I mean, that's that's probably a huge bargaining chip. And now, Thomas Aviles, I mean, I, I don't know too much about him. I saw a highlight video. Highlight videos are, you know, as good as, uh, you know, as, as it gets, I guess, you know, uh, you're, you're never going to see the bad stuff, right? Mm. But Alex, he has no FIFA card, and that scares me. <laughs> so tell me a little bit about Thomas Aviles and, and what he has to offer in terms of as a player to this team. And, and by yeah. the way, I, I saw some still images of him. He looks like Yao Ming. He's a monster. He <laughs> looks so lanky. He looks so long. And I looked mm. it up. He's only like 6'2", but he looks like a giant. Yeah, his build kind of, yeah, kind of reminds me of uh, Busquets, honestly, you know, how they're both yes. kind of tall and lanky. So um, mm -hmm. I think similarly, uh, he's a solid defender, you know, obviously still young, but, you know, with his long, lanky limbs, he's really good at tackling. He's quite quick. I was watching uh, his last game uh, in Argentina where Rossing, I, I think they played, uh, let me go double check that, but they, they played another team, obviously, and the Argentina. Oh, phenomenal. Argentinian league and he was playing as a, a right center back and he did a, a good job and, and Rossing ended up winning the match. So um yeah, nice. good tackler, you know, obviously good in the air. So which is something that um Miami will need uh heading uh forward as you know they're playing this kind of like I'm not gonna get into tactics, but you know, yeah, yeah. ball playing center back, which is you know, with Miami they want the more possession based style now and I think he'll fit under that. Now, now that you brought up that he played right center back, do you think that there's a chance? Because obviously, Tata usually runs four in the back. Mm -hmm. Unless he decides to change it to five, which he only did in 2018, as far as my understanding goes. If he goes four in the back, is Kamal Miller, because he usually plays left center back, going to stay? And you think Kristoff's the one that's going to get sent down? Because I would assume that Avilis is going to start, especially the money he's getting paid. He's going to start. So Kristoff or Miller are going to have to get put on the bench. Who do you think it is? You think it's going to be Kristoff or Kamal Miller? 
Honestly, it could be Kristoff because Kamal Miller is, uh, you know, a left-footed uh, player and it complements well. You know, most coaches like left-footed players on the left and, and mm-hmm. right-footed players on the right. So, um, yeah, it could be Kristoff. And I don't know if you guys remembered, um, um, at the end of the last game, he came off uh, with a slight injury. So, you know, obviously, yeah, yeah. Sergi, is, he's 32 and he's been playing a lot of minutes this year and they're obviously going to have to rotate. So I think if, if it's anyone, it's probably a uh, creep stock because of the, the left footedness from um, uh, Kamal Miller. And next game, McVay's is yeah. out with a red card. Miller hopefully isn't injured. Cause if that's the case, we're kind of slim back there. I don't even know who would they, would they have slim. to put. Would they have to put Noah Allen to play center back? Like they were doing when they had three in the back. Mm, Ryan Saylor too. Oh, Ryan Saylor! I forgot yeah. completely about Ryan yeah, Saylor. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's that's who would play. You're right. Yeah. I forgot that guy even existed. Yeah, I, I, has, he does. He doesn't get on the field anymore. No, he's still good. All right. Though. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, so and all- and Broward Heron comments here that Kristoff goes first. Sorry, Miller has been much more consistent than he has been. And and we talked a little bit about this last last episode yesterday, Danny. I mean. Listen, I that that goes like to, better. Yeah, I mean, I could see I Noah Allen playing I, playing center back as well. I, I and I could see the the whole left center back, left footed. I, I get all that. So I, as far as that goes, okay. But I prefer out of the two, I prefer Kristoff. I think he's he looks a little calmer when he's back there when he's pre- he when does. He has pressure on him, and uh, I just think that he's always in a, a better uh, as far as marking. He kind of sets himself up a little better. Um, out of out of the the three U twenty two guys that are coming through, who would you expect the most out of, or do you think is probably who we could expect to maybe see the most? Uh, I guess the most impact from. I think uh, Diego Gomez, honestly, with uh, okay. Busquets in that midfield now. Yeah, with Busquets in the midfield, he's gonna need legs around him, and you see how dangerous he can be once he has you know players who can do the running for him. So Diego Gomez is one of those. Uh, box-to-box midfielders who likes to get forward. So with him uh, paired alongside maybe, I don't know, a, a Ben Hakramaski or an Arroyo that will give, you know, ample amount of, of bodies and runners around him that, you know, Busquets can just you know, stay back and, and do what he does best with uh, Diego Gomez getting forward. And he's, you know, he, he loves to score and he loves to, uh, you know, track back and, and get forward. So I think Gomez will be uh, the perfect midfielder to complement uh, Busquets and his playing style. But, you know, he's not registered for the League's Cup, so we won't see him in that competition. But when Until MLS August. comes back, and, yeah, when MLS comes back, and I think he was Open Cup too, I think um, he'll he'll get his time. <clears throat> now, I'm going to bring this something up. This is a bold that, take. Uh, let's, okay, so uh, Axel Paredes. Let's see first if Avilis fits. In my books, he is not better. Wow, not better than McVeigh. Okay, uh, I hope you are 100% wrong because that would be very disappointing. <laughs> But the fact that Atletico Madrid was looking into him tells me that he's gotten eyes on in Europe, European scouts on him. So I, I think that he should be okay. Um, I lost my train of thought when I saw that. Oh, something that I think that Chris Chris gets annoyed when I bring it up. But I, I believe this, and I want to know what you think, Alex. Mm-hmm. Facundo Farias, he's, a, he's a, a, a forward. A lot of times plays on the left, left wing possibly. Mm-hmm. I think... Although Robert Taylor has been playing very well the last two games, I think Facundo Farias comes in and takes his starting spot. Do you agree or do you think Robert Taylor has worked his way into a starting role permanently? Or not permanently, but in the foreseeable future. Honestly, that's a good question. I think that, you know, these are the types of 
situations you want as a team because that only 100%. pushes players to be better, honestly. <laughs> so yes. when Farias comes in, you know, Robert Taylor is going to step up his game. And then likewise with uh, Facundo Farias, he's just going to get better and they're going to push each other. But um, yeah, I think uh, aye, aye, aye. as of right now, it's, it's you know, Robert Taylor's in, in really great form. It, those, those two goals that he scored, the first one specifically was absolutely crazy. But yeah, that is a question for Tata Martino to, to, to uh, excuse me, to decide. You know, we saw Robbie Robinson play there. He shifted over to the Robert Taylor now. And I think, I don't know, that's a good question. I think there's a possibility that they can both play together. You know, uh, Farias can also play as a, an attacking midfielder, like kind of where, you know, Ben Hakramaski was playing. I think he yeah. could probably fit there too. So there's an instance where they both could be on the field. So um, yeah, that's difficult, but um, man, yeah, Robert Taylor's just been in really good form. But I think once uh, Farias gets up to form and, um, you know, gets comfortable around uh, um, you know the team and the tactics, I think that, yeah, there could be a possibility where, um, you know, he does start. But then again, we've also seen Robert Taylor play as a central midfielder too. So I, honestly, there is a, for me, I think I would probably start them both. Honestly, they're both really good. <laughs> And it's it's hard to drop one of them, but um, if I had to choose right now, I think right now Taylor. But once you know Facundo, you know, gets in and gets comfortable, I think maybe Tata will switch to him depending on the opponent. You know, if I had to think about players that have actually played consistently across the board well in this team, Robert Taylor to me strikes immediately. Right? Mm -hmm. He's he's been good defensively. He's been strong and he's been sort of uh he he's been pushing the pace offensively he isn't like a ball hog like like for example robinson to me seems like kind of a ball hog like it's a black hole when it gets to him <laughs> right and but but robert taylor on the other hand he's sort of a team player he plays defense he plays offense consistently to me he's probably one of the better players in the last couple games so that would crush me to be able to see that someone else who just comes in you know, yesterday takes his position when he's kind of been, in my mind, and maybe a lot of other people as well, the most consistent player other than Drake Calendar probably throughout the last, I'd say, like four or five games. And that's without even that's without even counting the two messy games. Mm. I mean, I don't know if you agree with that, Alex, but that's, that's just how I think it, it looks. Yeah, no, and I think Messi and Taylor, like I tweeted about it during the game, they've been developing a really good partnership too with that, um, you know, Messi will tuck inside and have that switch there and Taylor using his speed and, you know, direct, uh, you know, he's very direct, he'll go straight towards goal. I think their yeah. partnership has been starting to bud a little bit. So, yeah, I, I do agree with you. <laughs> I've been on the Robert Taylor train for, uh, you know, since he arrived, you know, I even I even tweeted some goals. Which you're not wrong, by the way. Yeah. Because he, the potential that Robert, that Rob, you're, you're talking about Robinson, right? Yeah, Ro yeah well, I mean, Robert Taylor first, and then Robbie Robinson. I think he, you know, he needs to be a little bit more di direct, in my opinion. But his yes. speed and physicality is still good. Oh, for sure, for yeah. sure, you're not wrong by that. So we essentially have what you would consider six DPs, right? That's why everybody around the league are complaining, right? Mm. They're tweeting about all this nonsense. It's all under the rules, guys. Okay. If you want, it's explained over and over again. Alex has explained it a bunch of times. He just tweeted it to somebody just a couple minutes ago. It's all in there. Okay. But you have to understand we have our three DPs and then we have three U22 guys. Now we have essentially six new players coming in, all high caliber players. Outside of the, obviously Drake, that's the goalie. 
That's 10 positions on the field with six new players coming in. So that leaves four players that have been here keeping their spots. So we have, I would assume, uh, Yedling keeps his spot at right back. I would assume Joseph ends up continuing to start because Tata prefers him. So that leaves us with Benja Kramaki and Robert Taylor in the last uh, starting 11. I, I, do you think that all these guys lose their spots? Be, and, and on top of that, when Stefanelli comes back healthy, who gets playing time? Do you think Stefanelli gets playing time or Kramaki? Like I feel like, like you said, it's a good problem to have, mm. but I, I don't know who's going to be playing and who's not because I, I, I would assume that all the six new acquisitions in this transfer window are all going to be starting once everybody is at full strength. Yeah, and you wouldn't be wrong. And I, oh, yeah, it's like a, like I said, it's a good problem to have. But I think yes. it, it all depends on form, really. If you're in bad form, you know, look at McVeigh this season. He's not been playing a lot because he's just in a, a funk and in bad form, and that led to uh, Kamal Miller and Kristoff and even Noah Allen starting at center back. So uh, you know, if one of these guys uh, are are in bad form, you know, let's say I don't know, Steph Nelly comes back, but he's still not quite up to par. You know, he he won't get playing time, and maybe. Uh, Robert Taylor loses his form, then Farias steps in, you know, so I think it'll just be a, a rotating thing. But I think even in the two games, you see what Tata Martino, you see the guys, um, I, I think you're, you're starting to see his preferred starting 11, like the the game against um, Atlanta, you saw, you know, instead of going with David Ruiz in the midfield, he went with Ben Hakramaski, which is a, a you know, a, you know, telling, you know, because you, you yeah. have to make a, a choice. And he went with Kramaski, obviously, Messi Busquets are, are going to start and 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 once again, Yedlin, uh, right, right, excuse me, at right back, he kept his spot. Robert Taylor, uh, he kept his spot. And and I think the big thing for me is uh, Leo Campana. You know, he went from you know everyone clamoring for him to start, and he was he was good in, in you know last season and even parts of, of this season as well. But you see Tata leaning towards Joseph now, and you see uh, Joseph and Messi, uh, you know, combining uh, several times during the game. So I think. Yeah, Leo Campana, I think he's probably the, the biggest name for me that's going to miss out. You see just Tata leaning towards the Joseph-Messi combination and partnership. And yeah, it sucks for Campana because I think we all, you know, like him and, you know, he's a capable scorer. But yeah, well, it's, and, yeah, you need to pick well, a starting 11, you know. <laughs> and, you're, and you're transitioning perfectly to our next topic, which is <laughs> Joseph or Campana, right? Mm -hmm. I mean there's that's one of the probably biggest discussions when it comes to the offensive side of the ball so i mean i mean you're already explaining yourself very well i mean if you could tell tell in the chat everybody is clamoring for the same thing everybody you know wants what? to see him on the field i feel like a lot of people have poo-pooed on joseph over the last two games and mm. although I, I do agree he hasn't necessarily played great i don't think he's played poorly either mm. like he is making the runs that bring defenders with him and that's yep. what you want from your nine like, I understand that what you want from your nine is to score. I understand that. That's the ultimate goal of a great nine is a lot of scoring. But he's bringing yeah. defenders with him. That, that was it the first, the second goal to it was the, the second goal to Messi. Yeah, second goal. It was Joseph that brought the defense with him as he was streaking towards the left. And he let the ball right past him, right? He basically did the dummy that he likes to do. Yeah. And that, that gave Messi that goal. And mm. not, not an, he's not getting enough credit for those things. Should he play better? Yes, I understand. Would I like to see Campana out there? A hundred percent. But I don't think Joseph has played horribly either. He hasn't. What would, no. What do you think, Alex? 
Yeah, no, I totally agree. Like I like early in the season, Joseph was going through a rough spot, and you see now it's because um, Miami had no creator <laughs> on the field before Messi got there, and now with Messi yeah. on the field, you know, Joseph he's making those runs again. He's making those dummy runs, and and you know, he's still. You know, he, this guy is a former MLS MVP and, and, you know, he used to be one of the most feared strikers in the league. And I think still still to a point, obviously not as potent, but but still, you know, he'll, he'll track defenders. And you saw that um, the other night against Atlanta. Like you said, uh, he, you know, he, he kind of dragged the defenders towards him, you know, knowing Joseph's can still score. But then stupidly, the Atlanta defenders left Messi wide open. And of, of course, Messi's not going to miss from there. So I think with Joseph and Messi, they have this understanding now that, um, you know, Joseph's going to make these dummy runs and Messi will always be uh, be near him. And I, mm-hmm. I feel like they're starting to uh, combine really well and have a great partnership. And unfortunately, I don't with Campana, I don't think you're going to quite get that. You know, he's a, you know, a back to goal kind of guy. He's not going to make those runs, uh, you know, behind, in behind the defense, you know, and he's just, you know, a different ty- type of striker. So I think with Joseph, it it just works a little bit better now. And um yeah, Kampana, I just really feel for him, you know, but he'll definitely get his chance and, and you know, as the team progresses and whatnot. But I think right now, Joseph, he's just got that edge and um, those dummy runs are, are just equally as, as good as him scoring. Obviously, you want him to get goals, but I think just him bringing defenders over and occupying right. the defense with Messi in, you know, you know, Messi, he'll, he'll so, score. So, right. it's just, yeah. The biggest thing over the last two games has been how open the field has been for everybody. Yes. And and those runs by Joseph uh, help with that. It hasn't only been messy. It's been mostly messy, obviously, because he gets so much attention. But Joseph has also contributed in that. So I think Joseph needs a little more credit in that. And But I have heard some people say that Messi works be- better with somebody that plays the nine, kind of like Joseph, almost like a false nine. Mm. But I, I think that he could play well with anybody because when I think back about his success in Barcelona – he played well with a David Vija that's more like a Joseph, right? He would mm. make those runs more athletic. Uh, he doesn't need to play with the or back to the to the goal. But Suarez is more like a Campana. He also played great with Luis Suarez. So I, I don't think it matters who he puts out there. Apparently, there's a preference either by Tata or by Messi. Somebody prefers Joseph, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> but I think that Campana could also succeed with him because he succeeded with, with those type of strikers in the past also. Uh, so Vija... Suarez, Campana, Joseph. I think that Messi will make anything work, honestly, in this offense. Yep, I, I totally agree. And I think it, it's, it's no harm in having different profile, you know, different type of strikers with, you know, Campana, kind of the taller back-to-goal guy, and, and Joseph as the, the smaller, quicker, probably better with the combination play with Messi. But, yeah, eventually uh, Miami will have to use Campana in, in, you know, certain situations with center backs that are big and physical and you need that hold-up play. So, yeah, we'll see. But Joseph is definitely looking like the preferred uh, number nine next to Messi. I, I just think with the kind of pace that Messi brings to the team in terms of he's not really in a rush, he's a little bit more tactical, it seems like Joseph would be the smarter play, um, which is why I think that Campana just hasn't gotten the the – the, the opportunity to play with him. Somebody, Ed, Ed Bartra, mentions if is Campana the best target we have on corner kicks. I would have thought so, Ed, but I don't know if you saw last game. 
uh, Messi tried a corner kick pass to Joseph, who was like at the corner of the box. And it looked like Joseph was just cranking, getting ready for a bicycle kick. I don't know <laughs> if you guys caught that, um, but I'm definitely going to record it and put it up on Twitter because I saw that. And I'm thinking to myself, I can't believe this guy's waiting for a bicycle kick. <laughs> Today's going to be a little shorter episode than we usually do. We usually go an hour. Today we're going to do a, probably around half an hour. So if anybody has any questions for Alex, go ahead and you can ask them now before we uh, we wrap up in a little bit. Um, so. I know we already touched on it, so just just to to just reclarify, gloss right over it. Right. So starting eleven, once we're at full strength, mm -hmm. you would say Drake in the back, obviously. Yes. Well, we Alex, have... you you let us know who you would put at the starting eleven. Let's let's right, go. Go for it. Yeah. So uh, Drake Calendar, I'll move from left to right. So um, right now, I think once obviously once Jordi Alba is fit, you know Jordi Alba, uh, Kamal Miller, because I do think Tata just like that left footed player. Uh, Aviles and then right back at Yedlin. So uh, Alba, uh, Miller, uh, Aviles, and Yedlin. Uh, the midfield so three. Christoph, so Kristoff gets the boot. He's, I, he's I, sitting on. He's sitting on well, right bench. Even though I like Kristoff better, I agree with Alex just because Kamal Miller brings that left foot. I I, I agree with you. Yeah, I love Kristoff, and like you said, he just brings a an extra calmness, and he's good playing out of the back, and his positioning is really great. But I I just think that Aviles will. We'll get the start over him, honestly, but um, hope, I don't know. Good competition is good, but the midfield three, obviously, Busquets at the pivot. Um, honestly, that one of the the, the left center, uh, the center midfielder role is is complicated, but I I don't know right now. I, I don't know. I think right now. I remember Danny said at full strength. Full strength. Right. So we got Busquets mm. now at full strength. We got all the rings, right? We're right now. We're ready. <laughs> oh, to with Thanos, with Thanos, and Gregory and. Oh, no, 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 no. Like, oh, you yeah, would no. include Gregory, Danny. I mean, come on. You said full strength. <laughs> We're talking about Gregory. Right, but I'm talking about like full strength from like the new acquisitions. Gregory okay. and Jim Mota are like oh. in September. Yeah. Okay. So, and, and you know what? I'll go with um, Robert Taylor, honestly. I think, I don't know. He just, him and Messi just are starting to have that con connection. And we've seen Robert uh, play that position. So I'll, I'll go with Robert Taylor. Obviously, you know, full, full strength. I would prefer like a Gregory or a John Mata, but, and then, but yeah, but I think sense. Robert Taylor or Facundo Farias could play that role right there. But, you know, I'll put Farias there. So Farias, Busquets, and then Diego Gomez, that young midfield that will help Busquets, uh, you know, with their legs and, and their running. And then the front three, obviously, at there uh, on the left, I'll put Robert Taylor, uh, Joseph, and then Messi as a, a right winger. Okay, okay, that seems that seems pretty uh, that seems pretty in line. I mean, Kristoff, I, I think, was kind of a surprise to me that he would be hitting the bench. But I, I mean, I could see that happening. We're, we're acquiring a, a according to fifa 62 defender right doesn't even oh, have well. an actual FIFA card. <laughs> just so you know that chris only, he's 19 years old well he's 18 right. he turns 19 next week listen yeah, noah allen's like 15 years old he has a fifa <laughs> card okay don't give me that uh, i think it's because he's uh, avilas is a highly rated like he you know atletico madrid was after him so i think like to not start him i think he like you got to start him, honestly. And if, yeah, if you got a yeah. form, then, you know, Kristoff will outplay him. But I think that's the nature of, of soccer. But right now, I, like I think with Price and, and him being younger, I think you need you need as many legs around uh, Messi and Busquets as possible because you don't really got, want those guys defending. You want them going forward. So I think with Aviles and Kamal Miller, they're young enough and, and mobile enough to, to cover for Busquets. And similarly with the midfield with Farias and 
Diego Gomez and my preferred starting 11. You just get legs around these guys and they'll do the running for Messi and Busquets. Really. I, I saw somebody asked when the window closes. The window closes, I believe. Was it August 2nd? Yeah, let me double check that. I'm last second. I, I, I well, think and, it's August 2nd. And while you, and while you check that, isn't coming. Iniesta no, isn't coming, Esteval. So no. don't get tricked by all these clowns out here that are trying to get you to click on, on, on links that are going to yeah. take your identity. Okay? August 2nd. We'll do it. It yeah, closes August on second. August 2nd, yeah. Iniesta isn't coming. Luis Suarez isn't coming. Sergio Ramos isn't coming. The six that we're talking about today are the six that we got. I don't think we're adding any more pieces from here to August 2nd. No. And in all reality, you basically just picked up six DP quality players. Mm. You should be happy. Six out of your starting 11. And one of those that are, are, are here, Drake, is one of the best goalies in the league. We got a squad. We're good. So, um, and then Yedlin has looked rejuvenated since Messi showed up. Yeah. So, so not and enough people that, are talking about Yedlin. Quick, on that yeah. real quick, I think it's because, you know, like Yedlin can use his, his good attributes, which is his speed and just getting it behind. And Messi will always find him. So I think Yedlin now has a lot more freedom just going forward and using his pace to, you know, go and cross the ball. So he's going to definitely improve form-wise with Messi being on the field. And look, that, that run that Robert Taylor made on that second goal, I don't know if he makes it if it's Pizarro going leading that transition. Yeah, exactly. When, when Messi's when Messi's leading it, you go ahead and you run your ass off because you know that if you put yourself in a good position, He'll he find will you. find you. Yeah. And he did. Yes. So uh yes, I, Messi definitely changes the energy and then just the effort from everybody mm. around them. So yeah. it, it's been a joy watching them. Mm-hmm. All right. So my our last topic here for you, Alex. Uh, and then I don't know if Chris has any questions from the chat for you, but the last question from us. Do you think there is a chance at a treble? Which would be... Uh, oh, Chris asked me what a treble was earlier. It's uh, yes. when you were, in, in this case, for MLS, Open Cup, Leagues Cup, and the MLS Cup. Mm. So when you win all three. I I think with MLS Cup, I do think it's, you know, the first half of the season did not go Miami's way. And I think maybe they will scrape to the playoffs. But I think right now, it, it I don't know. It, that's up in the air. But I do think U.S. Open Cup, and I think seeing what they did to Atlanta and, and, and now with Messi and the reinforcements, excuse me, the reinforcements coming in League Cup, I think that they can make a deep run in, in League Cup. So right now I'm, I'm confident in the U.S. Open Cup and League Cup, but MLS Cup, I think that is a next 2024-2025 a thing when the sanctions are done. And then, you know, some of the, the contracts this year, a lot of the guys that are, uh, some of their contracts expire. So I think they're going to free up a lot of cap space that they can continue to add to this roster in 2024 with the sanctions done. So I think over this next offseason in the winter, I think we're going to see a lot more roster movement on top of what we already saw in the summer. So it's going to be just super crazy. And they're just going to continue to add and build to this team. And I think next year, 2024, will be the first real chance Miami could challenge for MLS Cup. But this season, no, I think it's US Open Cup and a Leafs Cup that are, are definitely doable. As long as we qualify for the Champions League, I think that's the yeah. ultimate goal this year. That's, that uh, is the ultimate goal. There is a question that I wanted to bring up. Broward Heron is asking Alex, when is the next pod episode dropping on Heron Outlet? If you're not following Alex already, get on Twitter right now. Press pause if you're watching this on YouTube and you're not watching it live. Make sure you go ahead. Follow Alex Winley at AAW underscore 1998. Make sure you go follow uh, the Hair on Outlet also on Twitter. Their YouTube page. They have uh, press conferences, interviews. They have their podcasts. The Hair on Outlet's killing it. So make sure you follow all of them. Sorry to cut you off, Alex. Go ahead. 
Yeah, no, we're actually recording tomorrow. Like as you guys can imagine, we've been I, 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 just super busy with uh, like everything. <laughs> but yeah, we're we're finding time to record tomorrow or either Saturday. So I, Miami don't play again until next Wednesday. So um, yeah, we're definitely going to be recording within the next two days for sure, oh. and it'll be a, a jam packed episode because yeah, the game was just absolutely crazy. <laughs> Um, we got another question for you. No, no hold on. Before uh, you ask that question, before you ask okay, that question. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> Messi, do you think he looked better the first game or the second game? Oh, second game, without a doubt. I think, oh, yeah, yeah. Like, the first game, the, the, the free kick winner was great, but I think with – maybe Atlanta was just bad. I don't know. Messi's – well, the Atlanta has <laughs> – yes, Atlanta has the second worst um, defense in the league. So we, we mm. figured that they because – They've been horrible defensively all year. So we figured that they were going to put some goals up on him. But I thought he looked great that second game. He did. Phenomenal. Like he was like playing in, in first gear and, and he it like it was effortless for him and Busquets for, for a large amount uh, amount of the game. And I think, yeah, but it's definitely the second game he looked the best. Maybe it's because he played what uh 80 minutes, 70 minutes, but yeah, the second game it was just effortless and it was just a really a real joy to watch. Who do you think has had the bigger bigger impact the last two games? Busquets mm. or Messi? I, I, I hope I don't get flamed for this, but honestly, Busquets, that midfield before oh, he got sure. there was I, really you know what? by us. I, I agree. I agree to an extent. I mean, I understand that Messi's looked amazing, but yeah. the way Busquets has changed the midfield. Like, it, people need to understand, like, the midfield before Busquets got there was, it was, it was really rough. It was just rough. Like, they tried their best, but it was not, it wasn't the same, and it was super stagnant, and they couldn't get anything going, but with Busquets there now, obviously Messi has had a huge impact. Don't get me wrong, oh, with sure. on the creative side and, and assisting and, and doing third, that. But yeah. yeah, with Busquets, like he's changed it. He's brought calmness, progressive passing, just a whole bunch of good stuff that Miami needed. Obviously, Messi has been huge with Busquets. I think you know Miami probably won't dominate, wouldn't have dominated that Atlanta game as much as they did without Busquets in that in that midfield. Just you know, just being that the Busquets that we all know and, and love. And we we have a uh, we have a lot of new followers uh listeners from different parts of the world. Mm. So I know that you guys are new here and we aren't poo-pooing on Messi. No. But if you would have seen this team before Messi got here and seen the weaknesses in this team, the midfield was non-existent. So please. Yeah. Don't don't go get up in arms because we're saying no, Messi has been bigger. No, he's been phenomenal. Good. Yeah. The largest weakness here was that the midfield was non-existent. And what we've seen, the way Busquets has kind of connected the back line to the final third, it's been a thing of beauty, something that we're not used to seeing. And obviously, Messi has been phenomenal also. But mm. it's just been nice to see. All right, Chris, uh, I'm done bothering Alex. Go ahead. You can ask her the questions. All that right. Comment, so, the, yeah, <laughs> yeah the, this comment right here, I'm just going to put it right here. Uh, those new fans don't know the trauma that was Neville Ball, which I saw Neville a little interactive on Twitter today. I was going to see if I was going to jump into that, but I said, no, nah, let me not. Let me not toss my hat in there. <laughs> so Steve Munoz is asking, ask Alex the Cruz question because Steve Munoz just doesn't like anything nice. Um, He's anti-fun. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so Alex, I have a question. If you had to rank cruises as a vacation, from a one to five, right? One being the worst vacation option, three being meh, and five being the best vacation option ever. Where are you going? Oh man, um, I don't know. I'm I, I don't mind. It, I'd say like a four. I've never so been on a cruise, but oh my goodness! Are, yeah, I haven't been, uh, but I'm, I'm sure they're nice. 
Okay, so but but you but that's a vacation you could see yourself taking though, right? Mm, it wouldn't be my preferred, but I'm sure it's nice. Like I'd I'd rather you know. All you just... do is eat, drink, and sleep. Like that's all you do on a cruise, and then get yeah. And I don't know. I know I, I like when they dock and you can visit other cool places more. Exactly. That's another thing yeah. that you get. Yeah. I mean, uh, I mean, we're talking about the benefits are endless on a cruise. Mm. I honestly feel like Steve just took another L. Yeah, Steve, you just took another L, and that L was brought to you by. I'm not going to do uh, that because we're not getting paid by any cruise company. Today, <laughs> oh, uh, a Boston fan. I know. Royal oh, Caribbean. Yes, Royal Caribbean <laughs> could be the new sponsor next year across the jersey. We don't know yet. But if they are, I hope they don't put Royal Caribbean. I hope they either put a crown or just put Royal something. But I don't know. I'm not mm. a big fan of those sponsorships on those shirts. But I, mean, it's not, I guess that's just the soccer culture. Mm. So, All right. Uh, Yes. Yeah, he knows the value, so we get of, it. Of Busquets, yeah, he's a he's a Barca fan. He knows the value. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So, Alex, thank you for taking the time to join us. Uh, we really appreciate it. Again, if you haven't followed her yet on Twitter, make sure you follow her. She is absolutely one of the best follows as far as Inter Miami reporters go and OGs. Hair uh, on Outlet also go ahead. Their podcast is recording tomorrow, so it should be out either tomorrow or Saturday, I would assume. Yes. And. Um, Alex, anything else you want to give the people? Uh, one real quick thing. Uh, Thomas Aviles, he's not in the squad for uh, Racing's uh, game against River Plate, I think, tomorrow or the next couple of days. So that, that you know, just basically continues to confirm that uh, he's on his way to Inter-Miami. So, uh, yeah. He's but he's not, not on the squad. League's Cup roster. So he yeah. probably couldn't compete in the League's Cup. Yeah, that too. But, um, yeah, he's on his way. And uh, another great signing from Chris Henderson. And, yeah, I'm excited to see how he gets integrated into the squad. Oof, I, I'm excited. Uh, so, as always, if you're on audio, thank you for listening all the way to the end. Please leave us a rating and a comment and all that other good stuff. If you're watching on YouTube, uh, if thank you for watching all the way to the end. If you were watching live and you participated in the chat, thank you. As always, you guys are the best part of this live show. And, Chris, do you have anything else for the people? No, that's it. That's it. Happy Thursday, everybody. Go watch Happy Cincinnati. Saturday. Apparently, they're playing right now. So yes, oh, actually, yeah. Cincinnati is beating Chivas two zero. So oh wow, ev everybody has into Miami beating Cincinnati, and Cincinnati has a shoe in for some reason. I think that's very disrespectful. I think Cincinnati is probably one of the best teams, if not the best team in the MLS. I'm not saying we can't beat them, but uh, it's not a shoe in, guys. But mm. uh, we'll we'll talk about that next month, I guess. Um, well, before you, before you, you close it time. out, before you close it out, Lucas. Friend request me on Twitter. I'm trying to send you some pictures of the hats. I can't because you're not friend requested on me on Twitter or whatever. So, well, he probably doesn't go. like you. Yeah, he probably doesn't. I hate you yeah. too. All <laughs> right, and uh, also, and if I, by any chance I have any Miami Marlins fans here watching live right now, we are going live on the Battered Marlins fans at nine o'clock. So go ahead and join us in the Battered Marlins fans show at nine o'clock with uh, the Talk other battle Miami baseball baby yes sir and as always if you want some inter miami apparel go ahead visit batterfans.com and get your messy inter miami and all that other good stuff on there until monday we'll see you next time